Most people know that Law Matters was created to open the lines of communication with law enforcement, as well as create educational opportunities so we can be better, more informed citizens. For the last several months, all the news stations have been promoting a negative mindset towards the entire law enforcement community. I agree that some of the recent events are beyond egregious. However, those events do not represent the vast majority of the brave men and women who risk their lives daily to keep the rest of us safe. I'm asking you to please, next time you see a member of law enforcement, show some appreciation and thank them for their service. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining Law Matters. As promised, we were up here at the Steam Pump Ranch Farmer's Market, broadcasting live today for the next two hours. And we're going to be talking a lot about sex trafficking awareness. We want everybody to know what they're looking for, what they're looking at, and help us stop this mess. I also want to announce that on the 20th of November, I've been telling you, save the date for two weeks now, uh, we will be holding a special event at the Tucson Auto Museum, affectionately known as Wayne's Toys. And there's, he has about 80 antique cars that have been restored. He has a Batmobile collection there. And if you want tickets, it's a fundraiser. If you want tickets, go to lawmatters1030.org and to, to the event page, and you can buy tickets there. Okay, in the park, we're not in a studio. <laughs> in the park, we, we have um, the director from Pathways Clinic, Robin. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, sex trafficking, and you deal a lot with the victims and what happens afterwards. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how people can get in touch with you. Sure. Hi, Sherry. I'm Robin Defoe. I'm the Director of Clinical Operations with Pathways of Arizona. Um, we are um, a comprehensive agency that works with children, adolescents, and families in um, Tucson. Actually, Amy is Arizona. on the line. We have a couple of clinics in um, in Tucson on the east side and the northwest side. Um, folks can call into our office. Our main number is 520-748-7108. And our website is Pathways of, of AZ, so www.pathwaysofaz.com. And um, we provide um, services to the children um, as well as to the families. Sometimes we have to work with the parents until the survivors are ready to work um, in their own services. So we try to work with the entire family unit to get them prepared for what's ahead. It's a long road. It's a long road. It sure is. There he is. Well, I appreciate you coming in and, and telling us that you're here, a great resource. And if anybody knows anybody who needs this kind of a resource, Go to Pathway. Absolutely. We would be happy to help, and we um, are coordinated with a lot of the schools um, as well in the community, so um, folks can seek those services via their schools or the school districts as well. Oh, very cool. Yes. Very cool. Okay, I have Andy Berger on the phone, and she is a victim, and she's written a book, an amazing woman. I had the pleasure of talking with her a little bit. and. In the park here, I'm sure you can hear people driving around. In the park here, we also have Commander Olson from Oral Valley Police Department, and we're going to be talking with Andy here. Andy, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear Andy you just hear fine, me. Sherry. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> okay, great. Andy, tell us about your experience and what happened and how, how you got out of that situation. Sure. Uh, long before... 
there was a term called human trafficking. I was trafficked by all immediate family members and some uh, extended family members from the ages of six months to 17 years old. And in, you know, the, the 60s and early 70s, they didn't even talk about child abuse, let alone something uh, organized like uh, human trafficking. And uh, it got to the point where it was just so horrific. My birth mother was the primary sexual predator and abuser, but it was so bad that when I was five, that was my first attempt at suicide. I just wanted to be dead. I just wanted to have it stop. And so in that moment in my life, God interceded in other people's lives. It could be something else, but I, I realized that I could have a plan and a purpose. And the last time my birth mother tried to kill me, I was 17. And again, in that culture, you know, nobody talked about secrets. Nobody talked about things like that. And when I did try to run, I was sent back by people who were well-intentioned but very um, naive about how familial trafficking can happen, of course. So the great thing was I threw myself into education and work and then fast-forwarded into a life of rescuing other kids and trying to help people who were in my situation. That's really commendable because I've I've spoken to other victims in the trauma that you go through and they don't want to talk about it they don't want to like relive it but to be able to turn that horrible situation into something that is helping others that's really commendable my hats off to you and by the way i bought your book oh (laughs) thank you well that was one of the reasons is uh, for the book coming out is people, you know, they don't really know what happens to a, a child who's been abused or a child who's been trafficked or what it's like. And so we just, I felt like I had to give a little bit of my story and four stories from kids we've rescued off the street to educate people who these kids really are. They're not all rebellious. They're not all trying to, you know, knock the system or, or whatever. These are kids running from things much worse and they go to the street. And that's where we find them. It's that's really sad. We also here in our park, <laughs> we have Commander Olson from the Oral Valley Police Department, and it's just a situation where all law enforcement needs special training to recognize what's going on in some situations. And I know you guys do some intensive special training. Yeah, that's correct, Sherry. Andy, your story is is just horrific and your your strength is amazing it's commendable and uh, uh what you do is is so important to to help young women that were you know caught in your similar situation uh in oral valley what we learned and we learned this through the texas department of public safety a great organization that created a program called the interdiction for the protection of children or ipc and what they found investigators throughout the country found that during routine traffic stops victims of sex trafficking were in the vehicle with the perpetrator at the time of the stop, but the the officer didn't know it, wasn't aware of it, and and you think just how just how horrible that is that a victim of sex trafficking, you know, the the red and blue lights come on behind, and uh, hopefully they're going to be saved, and the officer was oblivious uh, to what was actually going on. So uh, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and now picked up by our own Arizona uh, Highway Patrol and DPS. Uh, two of the premier organizations teaching IPC to other municipalities and state agencies teach law enforcement officers how to identify uh, signs of trafficking, uh, the the clues, the cues, and uh, when they see them to intercede and, and rescue some of these individuals. 
Now that's that's something that's so important, especially in Arizona. We seem to be this this pathway for sex trafficking. And the other situation that you'll find a lot of this going on are the big sporting events like the Super Bowl and, you know, the playoffs. Any big sporting events, it seems like people want to get trafficked. <laughs> they don't want to get trafficked, but people want trafficked people with them. And I'm like, what's the matter with you? Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. You know, and the thing about southern Arizona, right, when we talk about Phoenix, there's really only two ways to get up to Phoenix through through uh, through the Mexican Mexico border, and that's through our town of World Valley and and I-10. And yeah. so it's really important for us to be able to uh, make these traffic stops and intercede when we can. So, in your work, Robin, yeah. what type of situations? How do kids explain to you that they've been trafficked? Because I know it's an easy thing that happens. Sure. I mean, a lot of times that's not how they identify themselves. Um, a lot of times they don't see, the, the children don't see it as a horrific event. They see it as um, special attention, special gifts, um, being treated well, being told that they're loved. And um, honestly, we get them, we are aware of them before they're aware. And we get them when they've hit rock bottom. Um, when they're in a hospital, they realize that something unsafe has happened to them. Um, and they want to get help. So it does, it, again, that's the start of the road. Um, usually the road has started um, for the family and that child well before they've hit that point. Usually drugs are involved Absolutely. when you get to this, this situation. And Andy, were drugs involved with you? Uh, no, I don't even think at that time that they would have considered that. It was mostly being passed around to different family members or um, on occasion somebody else. But uh, definitely nowadays it is because otherwise how can you sell, you know, a child or a youth uh, mm-hmm. 20, 25 times a day, which is usually the average for sex trafficking victims. Mm-hmm. And so the only way they're going to get through that or get, get any um, use out of the the people they use is to drug them up. Where are you right now, Andy? Are you in, you're not, I know you're not in Arizona. Yeah, I'm in Central Oregon. You're in Oregon. Right in the middle of the okay. state, yep. Okay. <laughs> and it's a beautiful state. <laughs> I think. So, and do you go around, do you do talks, or how does this work for I you? Do. I know I, I, the book, you need to plug your book because it's a it's a fascinating read. It, it's hard read, but it's fascinating that this could happen to anybody. Yes, A Fragile so, Thread of Hope, One Survival's Quest to Rescue is my first book, and that uh, is on Amazon.com in paperback or Ebook, so a fragile thread of hope, and um, 45% of proceeds go to victims of child sex trafficking. So awesome. uh, it's also a way for us to raise some money. And then uh, next month, I'll have another book coming out through Voices Against Trafficking, and that'll be a little bit different. But uh, the fragile thread of hope was designed to educate, give people kind of a toe in the water introduction to how this happens and how easy it is for for kids to get. Uh, caught up into it, like Robin was saying, you know, they're lured or they're simply abducted. I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure that uh, Lieutenant Olson knows that every 40 seconds a child in this country is abducted 18 years or under, and that comes from the U.S. Marshal Service uh, Director Ronald Washington. And so we have to become aware and we have to get inspired to act on behalf of the children and the victims across this country and beyond. 
Absolutely. And I, we have a scheduled program for the Super Bowl weekend. I believe you and I and, uh, Department yeah. of Homeland Security are going to be on and we're going to be talking about this in depth. And I want everybody out there to buy your book. It, it's <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It's absolutely um, that would be great. Yeah. And it, it's for a worthy cause. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and explaining this to us. And I want to talk to I want to talk to you, Robin, a little bit about what do you do with these kids when you find them? They don't realize they're victims. It, we spend a lot of time, you know, trying to understand um, what they've been through, um, getting them to talk about it, and I think, you know, helping them to see healthy relationships um, in a different way, so that they can understand maybe what they thought was. Um, a healthy, loving relationship really wasn't and what it was tied and connected to. But it's really important for us to bring the family in and help the family to understand um, what the child's been through and and bring them into the treatment so that the child knows that they have that support um, as well. Well, what if you have a situation like Andy's situation where the family's the problem? Absolutely. It's getting a support system together for those children and, and making sure that they're in a safe place um, so that they can work through um, what they've been through. Is it, you have to think about that. If that's Absolutely. what she was exposed to all her life, that Absolutely. is the norm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I think everybody goes through that. Absolutely. And it is just really about finding them a safe place to be able to begin to process what they've been through and to find, in Andy's case, to find um, hope and um, and a desire to work out of that. Um, I think that's really what makes it the longest road is um, is the survivor needing to um, find that hope to work through. Uh, they have to have um, something that, to set their sights on to a goal. To, yeah, to grow out of, of what they've been through, to see that there can be better better times. That has to take years. Years. It can take years. It can take years for a child to identify that they've been in a horrific situation. Yeah, because they don't understand what's going on. Right. So right. that's... Mm-hmm mind-boggling that anybody would even do this to a child absolutely and to think that they're preying on middle school kids too it was young very young children i mean the average age is 15 but very young children and often they're preying on them in environments where they're already weak and vulnerable Um, we're, we're aware of situations where children have been targeted coming out of psychiatric hospitalizations so they're already um, you know, at a vulnerable state, and somebody has targeted them. Runaways? Runaways. Mm-hmm. Youth on their own? Yeah. Is that a situation? Yeah, absolutely. Kids uh, kids that get on the streets for whatever reason, and then they, you know, are looking for somebody to care for them, and it just takes one person and one kind word and one kind gesture, and they're looped in. Well, we've got we've got an organization here called Youth mm-hmm. on Their Own, and I'm sure they're very aware of situations right. like this, and they help protect the kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, those are they've got those kids engaged and involved in in um, programming and services to help them, you know, to have improved self-esteem, to have future planning, to have goals. Um, so those those children are generally um, less available to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we do an internship 
on the radio show if anybody's interested in that. Keep kids busy. I say keep them busy. Absolutely. If they're too busy, they're mm-hmm. too tired to get into trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, when I started in this <laughs> field, we were worried about gangs. Uh, we, the gangs, because the kids were disenfranchised. They had, you know, parents that were working two and three jobs. Right. They were the kids walking home from school every day alone. Um, didn't have anybody to pay attention to them, and so they were they were prey to the gangs. But now social media has opened that up to um, to anybody, to any child. When I was growing up, it was the greasers. You had to stay away from right. the greasers. Absolutely, <laughs> that's so sad. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it's just so different, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, back then nobody would have thought of something like this happening. Absolutely. And now it's just there's a marketplace for mm-hmm. it. It's a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people are making a lot of money off mm-hmm. of your kids. And people, I've heard people say, oh, my kids live at home. We don't have to worry about it. Mm, not true. Not, not true, true these not days. True. Yeah. And Andy, tell us tell us about that. We know that it's not true. That is absolutely not true. Um, and, and I'm just, uh, I, get, I get very passionate about this part, about creating the awareness, because uh, oh, it's not this town, it's not this, but every state is documented as having human trafficking. Uh, multiple countries, of course, like every country has it, whether we recognize it or not. That elephant in the room needs to get out because otherwise we're going to lose more kids. But you're right, nobody knew what was going on in my home. You know, my birth mother was a teacher, my birth father was a salesperson. Uh, occasionally we got dragged to church, you know, things like that. But the image was always there. And as a survivor, you know, I wore a game face for a really long time because how do you even begin to explain that people who are supposed to love you don't, let alone do the things that they did? But uh, I encourage people, please, vet out the people who are in charge of your children. Look at the university scandals. I'm sure parents who paid tuition to USC and Michigan and Pennsylvania did not expect for their kids to, their students or their children to be exposed to sexual scandals and to even be violated by people that are supposed to be trusted. So if, you know, we have an adult that uh, helps with your children, make sure you know who they are. You know, maybe the piano teacher is safe, but what about the piano teacher's husband or son or whoever? We have to be more diligent, especially in these times where, you know, we have yeah. lockdowns and we have masks and, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, imagine how hard it is for a young child to even identify a predator or a perpetrator, even if they can get help. And most of the time, the problem is we don't listen to them. Yeah, I, I'm aware of not listening. Your parents, you're, you're supposed to be, what, seen and not heard was the expression. So if you were trying to say something, you know, Uncle Joey or whatever's doing something, it, you were told to shut up, mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut. That's right. And, and they you know, hid that's the really secrets. sad. <laughs> Very sad. Yeah. Even in uh, the high-profile cases, like at so. Epstein, the victims that tried to speak, look at the Olympic athlete, Simone Biles. She told the FBI in 2015 there was a problem, and yet yeah. she ended up being... Uh, attacked her reputation and whatnot. Even her attorney tried to get help. So if we are not receptive to listening to actually doing something about the problem, it will only continue to be worse. Yeah, it'll get worse. So that's why we're here. We're trying to educate people and let them know we've got an issue here in America and we need to stop it. And Absolutely. later on in the show, we're going to have uh, Leo Biosuchu, who is an Arizona rep, talk about a bill that was recently passed. 
and get into a discussion about why are people talking about decriminalizing prostitution and how do you feel about that, Andy? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, there, there are two sides always, but uh, personally, Andy's opinion is prostitution is just another cover for predators to do what they want to do. And uh, even in my area, the district attorney himself publicly multiple times said he didn't believe that uh, human trafficking existed in our area because he doesn't prosecute it. And that anybody 18 years or older who was engaged in prostitution shows it. And I know from the hundreds of kids and young people we've rescued uh, through my shelter that that is not true. So we have people that, that are not even willing to accept that it exists or perhaps they're receiving some benefit for turning the other eye. But decriminalizing it just allows the problem to uh, rise exponentially. Fester. Let me put it that way. Yeah, it gets worse. It Absolutely. Gets much worse. It's, it's insane to even consider that. So, oh, my goodness. I well, know. We have enough in issues. the hot seat in about half hour. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to ask him, what the heck are you thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to, we're getting ready here to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to a mother of a victim. And just remind everybody, go to lawmatters1030.org. There's uh, on the event page, there's a really cool event we're going to be hosting in November. And I want everybody to be a part of that. And tell everybody again how to get in touch with Pathway. Sure. Um, you can contact our main number, 520-748-7108. Or you can go to our website, www.pathwaysofaz.com. Is it Pathway OF? pathwaysofofaz.com okay Okay. very cool and if you need more information or you know anybody who's in a situation that might benefit from these programs absolutely get in touch with them and get get the information you need there's help out there there's no excuse to be trafficked you can get you out of that situation right absolutely commander yeah i agree we just need to raise awareness and, and help these individuals. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a few. It's Mark from Law Matters, and I'm asking you to join us in our 1030 campaign. 1030 is code for unnecessary use of radio. Keep our radio show free from unnecessary advertising by visiting lawmatters1030.org and click the 1030 campaign button. Your monthly tax-deductible donation of $10.30 will allow us to broadcast public service announcements instead of advertisements. Visit lawmatters1030.org and sign up today. To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. 
The Southern Arizona Law Enforcement Foundation, SALIF, will be hosting its third annual Law Enforcement Poker Run on Saturday, October 30th, beginning at the Marana Police Department headquarters. The Halloween-themed poker run begins at 7.30 in the morning and ends at 2 p.m. with a lunch, music, and raffle prizes. The pre-registration cost is only $25 per driver and $15 per passenger. Cost does increase the day of the event. Please join us as we ride together in support of law enforcement. Daylight is fading and the temperature is dropping. Cherry will be coming up in 30 seconds after this spot. Area, you're injured. Time is of the essence. SARSI is a highly trained team of dedicated volunteers who work closely with Pima County Search and Rescue to help people in critical situations just like this. To join an exclusive team of heroes, go to sarci.org. Ten seconds out. S-A-R-C-I dot org. We need your knowledge, experience, and, of course, your generous spirit. Okay, thank you for staying with us. We've switched out guests, as we're going to be doing today. And we have Serena here, and she's the mother of a victim. And I want to understand, explain to our audience how easy it is for somebody to be sex trafficked. Um, It happens, like, under your nose. Like, you don't, your kid's living a normal life. They're She's living at home. Yeah, they're living at home. They're using their phones. You know, you don't, they seem happy. They're going to school. They're interacting with family and then all of a sudden things start to change a little bit little at a time and then behavior changes behavior changes they're suddenly hanging out with a certain friend that they a familiar name that you know they didn't she used and i was like wait a minute you're eric has called in and then okay and uh that's how it started with her so she met somebody online yep and thought it was somebody who was basically the same age as she is yeah and she was what 15 16 she was 16 16 and it ended up being somebody who was 22 yep and she ended up being sex trafficked all over southern arizona yeah so you know it it just your child can be living at home and this can happen and what happened when law enforcement got involved um, at first, you know, it was, there was like, no, there's nothing we can do at first. Um, you know, after I'd make calls and I'd call the police and they'd be like, well, you know. How did you eventually figure out that she was being trafficked? Um, at first it was just, <laughs> it was, I didn't know. I didn't know she was being trafficked. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know until the day I got a call of my daughter screaming into the phone that she'd been in a car accident at four o'clock in the morning. That, and I went out there, it was Santa Cruz County. Um, the state trooper had called. Well, she called and the state trooper had picked her up. And they're like, she, she caused an accident. And, and I was like, well, that doesn't seem right that that had happened. And, um, I went up, I mean, my heart dropped. I heard my daughter just screaming, Mom, help me. You know, I've been in an accident. Just panic in her voice. And Was it the police that eventually told you that she'd been sex trafficked? Or was it your daughter? My daughter. Your daughter. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I picked her up. But I, well, I wasn't allowed to pick her up. It was 
they had her in the back of a, a squad car. A squad car. And take her was, to the hospital. Yeah, he took her to the hospital. Because her body is the crime scene? Yeah. She had over 100 okay. bruises and marks on her body. And we've got on the telephone, we've got Eric Bauer, who is the attorney who was very instrumental in, in bringing down Backpage. And Eric, can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can. Good morning, Sherry. Eric? Good morning. Thanks for getting up. <laughs> He's calling in from Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> and the story that we're hearing from Serena is not unfamiliar to you. And people, parents end up finding out, and it's just horrific. And the ripple effect of what happens when something like this hits your family, it's devastating because the whole family's affected. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it Eric, really tell us, is. tell us what's going on with. Yes. I was just going to tell say, us what's uh, going on with Backpage. Yeah. Well, with Backpage, what's going on with them is their trial has been continued at this point. Uh, the judge dismissed the first criminal prosecution of the two founders of Backpage, uh, Mr. Larkins and Lacey, and uh, and as well as some other topics. Leo has called uh, in. Essentially, the judge okay. was uh, made a ruling that the prosecution had overreached and was talking too much about child sex trafficking on uh, during the back page criminal trial. Uh, she believed that because the charges weren't directly involving child sex trafficking, that the prosecution was overreaching by uh, concentrating on it so much. She thought the jury may have been uh, tainted, and so she uh, called a mistrial. And so the new trial is set, I think it's sometime next uh, late winter or spring is when it's set for. And are you going to be involved with that? Uh, no, I'm not. I am not directly involved at all with that. That's a governmental uh, prosecution. The federal government is is the one uh, prosecuting those those owners of of Backpage. Uh, the CEO of Backpage, Carl Ferrar, already pled guilty to a, a host of crimes, uh, as did the corporation Backpage uh, itself. They they pled guilty as well. A corporation is a legal entity, and it can plead guilty to a crime, and it did. And then as part of the uh, plea deal, the corporation itself was forfeited over to the government. They seized the servers, and they shut down Backpage, as well as seizing some $200 million. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable. Um, on the phone, too, because I want you two to talk about this, we have Arizona Rep. Leo Biasucci. And could hey, Jerry, you how are you? Mike so I can hear. Yeah. I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I want First, I want you to tell everybody about the bill better. Thank you. I want, about the bill that um, I think you wrote it, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it was... Um uh, my bill that I sponsored, and it uh, HB two eight eight nine, and it actually became law on the twenty ninth of September, um, because uh, a lot of people don't realize when we pass laws at the legislature, it's actually ninety days after 
the session ends that it actually goes into effect. So it was just uh, gone into effect, and it uh, you know pretty simple bill. It just says, look, if you are involved in child sex crimes, if you're involved in trafficking, um, it's now straight time. So before, and we saw this with the Jeffrey Epstein case in Florida, which Arizona has different laws, but they're kind of similar in this aspect of, you know, you can get out in a year or 12 months or, you know, even if your sentence is 10 years, they, um, there was a, a, a loophole in there for early release and parole and whatnot. So we closed that gap with our bill. So no more early release. It's now straight time, no chance of parole. And then um, we also added life in prison without parole for um, many of these crimes as well. So huge win for Arizona. Absolutely, it's a huge win. Um, if people, because I'm, I'm talking to a, a mom of a, a victim, and she said that they had a plea deal, would plea deals be an option if somebody's convicted of a crime like this? Um, so the, the one stipulation we put was for a plea deal if you are somebody who's um, kind of like a low level, let's say you're a trafficker or whatnot, and you turn in somebody, because we, the main goal in a lot of this trafficking stuff, you're trying to find the, the main guy, right, the kingpin, who's the, the main person that's running this organization. And so the one stipulation we did put is that if you um, give information that leads to the conviction, the arrest and conviction of that person, then you could get the 10 years um, mandatory instead of, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. But it has to be that you have given um, the evidence and you, I mean, really, you've, you've turned in the guy that's running the whole show. Um, and they have to be convicted for that to even take place. So, um, I mean, plea deals are a tricky thing. And, you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that that exists, but that is our, our judicial system, unfortunately. Yeah, it is unfortunate. What about the talk i've heard talk and it's not just in arizona i've heard talk about um i want you both to respond to this too i've heard talk about they want to decriminalize prostitution how is that going to help this situation um i'll go first on this real quick i I mean it won't in my opinion i mean you know you look at prostitution and we know i mean this is not you know made up we know that many women um that go into the into prostitution are trafficked into that. I mean, right? They're manipulated into this trade, and um, and so it's to me, if you decriminalize, it's not going to change that. I mean, nothing, in my opinion, is going to change in regards to that happening. That's that's going to be the same, no matter what. It might even be worse, actually, um, if more people jump into that and and get sucked in. So I, I mean, I personally don't think it's a good idea. I, I, I am not in favor of that um, myself. Eric, what are your yeah. thoughts? Well, I, I agree completely with what Leo just said. It's, you know, right now it's illegal. And there's still a whole ton of people involved in it. Right. If you make it legal, all those people still stay involved, and plus you get others on top of it. And And the problem is really... I think the traffickers, basically, uh, if you legalize it, all of a sudden the traffickers are out of jeopardy. They're, they're not scared of it anymore. 
uh, and they will just increase their efforts. And the traffickers are essentially forcing these girls, these women, into having sex multiple times a day. I mean, it's not just one good-looking, handsome guy coming in and having sex with him. No, we're talking, you know, the kids that I have represented were being forced to have sex with, gosh, 5, 10, up to 20 and more people a day. And they don't get a pick who, and they don't get a pick what sex act. And it's simply this unnatural assembly line of, of forced sex. And it's forced because the trafficker is forcing these girls to do it through what what's known as trauma bonding and, uh, you know, just hideous manipulation. Uh, and it's just time after time after time, these kids have to, you know, just perform. And when I say kids, it's the Department of Justice that says the average age of entry into the world of sex trafficking for a victim is 12 to 13. Polaris right. Project says it's 15. It's always kids. And, and so that's who gets introduced to this. And that's where my focus has always been. And I think that's where our focus should be. There is seldom a healthy, mentally balanced 25-year-old woman who says, I think I would like to be sex trafficked for a living. I want to have sex with 20, you know, horrible-looking people a day. I mean, nobody in their right mind wants to do that. It's not like that. I imagine, and I know there are uh, a rarity of women that, you know, they can have sex with two, three guys a day, somehow make that work, somehow excuse that to themselves, and and they seem to do okay with that. But I don't think there's a whole lot of them. And I think most of those women have been trafficked in the past or somehow abused in one form or another. Um, you know, if, if it was clean, if it was okay, if it was, there was a way to somehow control so those women could work i probably wouldn't have a problem with it but the fact of the matter if is, it was their choice it, exactly if it was truly their choice uh but for every one woman like that there's probably 300 that are not like that one bit and who are just right. getting victimized traumatized so as far as legalizing it goes i, I think it's just a bad idea yeah and you know, in terms of take, taking away oh, go ahead. Uh, i'm sorry in terms of taking away criminal penalties for the victims that's a whole other conversation uh, i don't i don't mind that thought at all or going with what they call the nordic model um where they what just is criminalize the nordic the, model? well essentially the nordic model is the the victims they get treatment they get help they don't get arrested uh the johns and the uh, traffickers do get arrested and those are the folks that are uh, penalized and so far, the Nordic model seems to be the most successful way of, uh, you know, combating sex trafficking. So, Leo, how is this conversation um, affecting people, the, the lawmakers like you? How are you approaching people who are talking about decriminalizing prostitution? You know, we haven't, I haven't had that uh, presented to me or brought to me. Um, since I've been in office. So fortunately, that hasn't been a conversation um, that's really been down at the Capitol. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I've been involved in this now for um, two, three years. And, uh, you know, I've been in the sting operations and I've, I've watched how this works. And, 
um, you know, I will be somebody who will be extremely vocal um, against uh, decriminalizing because I've I've seen how it works. I've seen, you know, the gentleman from China who picks up the girls in at LAX who are who are women who think they're coming to work, right? They think they're coming to go to massage parlors and get a better life, and they're actually being you know, picked up and taken across the country, and they go into massage parlors where then they turn into a sexual um, prostitution and against their will, right? I mean, and, and they get sucked in. They don't speak English, and so... I mean, I've, I've seen this firsthand taking place. And so um, for me, you know, if, if this conversation does ever come up, I mean, I'm going to be the first one to to speak against it and, and testify against it because I know the reality of the situation. And, and like, you know, like what was mentioned, you know, far more women, it's against their will than ones that, um, you know, would want to go in this trade. And even if it's legalized, right, it's kind of like the border situation, you know, we legalize marijuana here in Arizona, and a lot of other states have. Um, but when I speak to the sheriffs down there, and they're, they're still catching cartels and drug traffickers with marijuana. It doesn't change much. I mean, if anything, um, you still have the cheap marijuana versus you know, the legalization. It's going to be a certain price. It's going to be the same thing with prostitution. And if it's women against their will, it's going to be a lot cheaper than women who are in it for um, actually you know, wanting to be in it because they're going to charge a lot more. So going back to your bill, and you said it went into effect on the 29th. So anything that happened prior to the 29th, the 28th of September, going backwards, that law doesn't apply to these people, right? Yeah, you know, and this or is something we're, we're, we're talking about um, with uh, our legal team about, you know, if, where does it fall into play? Is it when the crime was committed, or is it when they're actually been sentenced and convicted. Um, And that answer is the tough one, right? Because, you know, if you have something that occurred five years ago and it just comes to light now and they get charged, um, they should be charged under the new laws if they get convicted. And so if it was something that was done convicted-wise and they've been sentenced before the 29th, it's not going to apply. But I'm almost certain, and, and I'll get that answer for you, um, that now that it's in effect, even if the crime committed before, and they've they've been convicted and sentenced now, it's going to apply. Leo, I have the mom of um, a victim sitting here with us, Serena. Tell tell our representative what your daughter went through compared to what the trafficker went through. I mean, she's every since day one. She's every since day one. She's been under like scrutiny um so so talk about what um legally she had to go through a lot because she had to go through the rape kit which is the rape kit a Um, hard thing to do she's been interviewed by probably every agency yeah every like three different agencies and then then within the next day after you get out of uh tmc she had to go down to the children's advocate center and get questioned again so it's just like it's a constant like review of like hey what happened like she's had to like go over and over again then the attorneys and then the um you know they have the attorney general that'll question we go down there we have to review it again tell 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 leo what the the nurse said to her at tmc 
when um, she was brought in. The Is nurse, when I arrived, they told her that, you know, you need to be really sure that you're telling the truth because you're going to be putting someone away for a long time as my daughter's sitting there covered in blood and bruised, bruised. and cut up. Yeah. So the, <laughs> yeah, some and training. They, and, I mean, they're, they're talking about training <laughs> law enforcement. Let's train the nurses. <laughs> and also, right. the you know, and, this, and, and this they told her. Is, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, the detectives that came in and questioned her first when we were at the hospital, he said, you know, you do look a lot different without makeup on. As though, like, it made a difference that she had makeup on in some of her pictures. And that compared makeup, to, like... Makeup doesn't mean you're allowed to be sex yeah, trafficked. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like, so that makes a difference? I was like, she's still 16. So what happened to the trafficker? What did he have to go through? Really nothing so far. I mean, he got arrested. He was in jail for about a week. Um, his family posted a cash bond. And, and how much was that bond? $30,000 cash, which I told him. I was I told them up front. I was like, he's... That's pocket change for was, him. Yeah, I was like, that's he's a drug dealer. It's cash. No big deal. His family will get it. And they said, no, 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 no. He's, it's cash. <laughs> So yeah. he got out. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, even when we had the Explain the plea deal that was made, because this is what really irks me. So he had seven charges, and they've dropped it down to three. And he's only facing, like, four to ten years on one charge. And the other two is probation when he gets out, possibly up to lifetime probation for all of his charges. And that hasn't been written in stone yet because the the hearing is this coming week? Yes. So mm. how, do, how do you justify that? Leo, how do you, how do you say, oh, well, he got a slap on the wrist? Yeah, and you, and and you can't. And, that's, and this is why... Um, I brought this bill forward because I, these are the, the type of stories that I heard um, numerous times that were happening where, um, you know, these individuals are getting out, you know, in a year, two years when they've ruined lives. And, and, and you know, going back to the, the hospital situation, I mean, it's tough to hear that, right? A nurse is kind of, you know, trying to pry and see, you know, is, is your daughter, you know, voluntarily doing this or not? And, and that's tough to hear, but... At the same time, I, I kind of understand at some point because you have to make sure because they make a good point, right? I mean, if somebody's going away for life, you have to make sure, right, we're all innocent until proven guilty, and, and that's you know reason why this country is great. We have that opportunity to, to prove ourselves our innocence, but we need to find the bad guys. And this guy, the fact that he's, this is involving a 16-year-old, I mean, there, there's no question that, that we have some major issues with this, this case in general. And the fact that he's not going away for longer is really mind-blowing um, for me. But it's it's sad to hear that, that this is even still happening um, where they're getting out early. I mean, these are these are guys. This is not, I'm sure this is not his first time he's um, he's done this to someone. And no, and I'm sure he's been in business ever since he was arrested sure. and got out. I mean, he hasn't stopped. Uh, 100% correct. And and this is why. Um, these guys need to go away for life or 10 years. And this is something that's a big reason why we did this, too, is because we, we were finding out that, and I give credit 
encouraged to your daughter because she spoke up, right? A lot of these girls do not, in, out of fear, because these, these men, these pimps and traffickers, I mean, they, they threaten these girls with, you know, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill your family, I mean, the, the things they do. And so when you have now in the books that, look, this guy is going away for 10 years, possibly to life, without parole, that helps the process because now these women don't have that fear of that he's going to get out, and when he does, he's going to kill me. If he gets out in yeah, a few months, looking over their shoulder right? for the rest of looking their life. Looking over their shoulder, 100%. And you hear this with even with child children who are molested. They're fearful that the that the um, they're going to get out, and then they're going to do something to them. So I'm, I'm hopeful that this new law is now going to give these women... And, and men and, and boys and, and girls more courage to say um, what's really happening and, and come forward because it's hard. I mean, I, kn- I know it like you explained, they have this agency they have to speak to and this one. I mean, how do you replay that in your mind and, and you have to repeat all these things that are traumatizing over and over again? I think I think we need to work on streamlining that and making it easier for victims. No, because if put through this, first you have the, the rape kit, which is not fun, and then you're interviewed, interviewed, interviewed by so many different people, and you're reliving everything, and they go to jail for a little bit of time. Now you're right. looking over your shoulder. Is he coming after me because he threatened my family, he threatened me? That's not good. <laughs> we need right. to fix it. Right, right. And, and I'm hopeful this will help. I mean, now that you cannot get early release anymore, um, and you're looking at minimum sentences of, you know, 13, 20, 40 years, life in prison. Um, I'm hopeful this is going to help that, that situation. I hope it does, too. Eric, what do you think? Is is this going to be helpful in our other states following suit? Well, uh, you know. Did we lose well, Eric? <laughs> well, I, can you hear me at all, Sherry? I can. I can hear you. Okay, good, good. You know, I, I think it's it's certainly lengthier sentences as long as the traffickers are aware of them uh, are helpful yeah. for sure. I mean, you know, a guy is going to think twice if he's looking at life in prison about getting involved in sex trafficking. Uh, are they aware of it? I, a lot of these guys aren't exactly up on the news or up on the uh, local laws that have been intelligence passed. level. So, yeah, exactly. So who knows? You know what? What irks me a little bit about these situations are who I call the kingpins, and the kingpins in my mind are the websites and the hotels and the right. uh, infrastructure that supports sex trafficking as a whole. And those guys aren't even getting charged with any crimes at all. Yet they are the ones that are, are making it just absolutely skyrocket throughout the United States. And we, you know, I fought Backpage long and hard, and I've uh, filed suits against other websites. But, you know, Backpage finally was was prosecuted by the feds. But, you know, as a whole, all these other websites are just doing whatever they want. And there's no legal repercussions at all. Yet that is what is making uh, child sex trafficking in the United States absolutely skyrocket. And we need some strong laws at the federal level uh, as well as the state level to go against, you know, the corporate structures and the big money structures that are 
just totally profiting off the situation. You know, what what I've done and what the people I work with, the attorneys I work with, we have gone after these corporations on a civil basis. You know, we have sued and we've recovered, you know, large sums of money for, for our child victims. But, you know, it's it's always a real tough fight, and we need stronger laws that allow us to go in and, and take the profit motive out of it for, for these people. You know, if, if a hotel is scared that they are going to lose their hotel when they allow a child to get sex trafficked in the hotel, they're going to think twice about it. You know, they're, they're totally money-oriented. That, that's how we like to say corporations only bleed grain, and that's true. Uh, so I would like it's to see laws you know, pointed in that direction. The traffickers are definitely bad news, but they're working hand-in-hand with these other entities that are, are just allowing it to happen. And, and right now we're seeing an uptick of sex trafficking marketing and sex trafficking advertisement taking place on, on a variety of social media, uh, as well as the recruitment efforts that, where the pimps are recruiting these victims off of various social media. And, and that's something that really needs to be looked at and, uh, and addressed. And it's, it's simply not getting addressed right now. And, as a result of that, we're seeing, you know, child sex trafficking on the rise once more. Yeah. yeah you're, okay, in, in, I, I know in, you've... Go ahead. Oh, Jerry, really quickly, I was just going to touch on that, and, and that is the um, that's the difficult part about trying to, to figure out the, the online stuff. Like, how do we how do we counter that? How do we push back against these companies like Backpage? And, you know, we hear about this on Twitter and Facebook, and... Um, and, and sadly, this, list. for it to be effective, needs to be a federal thing because you're talking about interstate Two commerce, minutes. and you know, that's when the feds get involved. And um, and so, the, and I tell people all the time, I said, you know, the, the 2889 bill that we got through, um, that would probably never happen in Congress. I mean, that's that's what's so discouraging about all this stuff. And you know, at the Congress level, this, this seems like a, a, a pretty simple bill, a pretty straightforward everybody would be on board yet how is this not being done at congress where they're they're putting their foot down and it's just like you stated you have big corporations that are involved and money's involved and it, that's the part that's just to me is disgusting and um so you know we got to try to chip away at it at the state level and, and hopefully get some things through they need to start suing the hotels and all the other people that are involved, like the pilots from Jeffrey Epstein, they knew what was going on. He of had course. his own island, so he got away with a lot. But every hotel out here is another island for some sex trafficker. One minute. So Yeah, if they're knowingly involved, they have okay. to be prosecuted. 100% agree with you. You know, and absolutely. absolutely. And not okay. just, I mean, if they, the standard I like is if they know or should have known. You know, if, if there's a child in, being kept in a room by some, you know, 35-year-old guy, and all of a sudden you see a procession of men coming in and out of that hotel room 10, 20 times a day, right. hey, maybe maybe you should notice something like that, you know? And, Do uh, something about it. Okay, right. we have to take a quick break. We'll be back after the news. We'll be right back.
KVOI Cortero, AM 1030, the voice of Tucson. Trusted local news and talk. A Bustos Media Station. Thank you for staying with us. We are back. What did you say, John? Just you're on. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I didn't hear what you said. Okay, we have Eric Bauer, who is an attorney in Tacoma, Washington, and we have Arizona Rep. Leo Baisuchian, and we've been talking about sex trafficking and some of the laws that have um, been passed, thank God, uh, that went into effect the 29th of September. And we're talking about holding other people accountable for what's been going on, like the hotels where a lot of this happens in. And how do we... How do we train law enforcement and hotel personnel to recognize what's going on right in their own establishment? Well, in Oro Valley, one of the things that we do, we get uh, we get to know our general managers very well. Um, obviously, we have the beautiful Hilton El Conquistador Resort here, and uh, we educate them and, and their security directors on what to look for. Um, we have several hotels, and, and like I said, we, we do the best we can in sharing that information. You know, the scary thing about what we're talking about today is uh, these things have happened in Oral Valley. Oh, sure. Uh, a beautiful community uh, like this, like ours, uh, we're not immune to these things. So it is really important to raise awareness and, you know, talk to our security directors, our, our hotel people. Uh, we have this happen in apartment complexes, which are obviously much more difficult right. in the sense that you have renters. Um that and and then maybe superintendents that aren't paying attention to what's going on. But as long as we can raise awareness and get our community to look for these things, neighbors, right, and especially in apartment complexes, to report suspicious activity, a lot of cars coming and going at different times of the night, uh, large groups of men leaving a specific apartment, and uh, we can intercede and intervene and, and, you know, catch these bad guys doing these horrific things. You know, I think people just be aware of your surroundings, too. And, Leo, how are, how are we going to get the word out that, you know, sex trafficking in the state of Arizona is not an ideal thing to do because you're going to go to jail for life? How do we get the word out to the people who are actually doing the sex trafficking? They don't seem to be the, the most sophisticated group. Right. You know, I, I think um, Leo? Yeah, the more media that, that touches on this is, is obviously a good thing. Um, you know, with my bill, I was actually kind of surprised. We had a press conference, and I think maybe two networks showed up. Um, didn't really hit the news that much. I mean, um, it did go, obviously, nationwide eventually. But um, I think there's got to be more awareness. Obviously, the more people that start getting arrested and convicted, the word's going to start to spread amongst that network, right? They're going to eventually, hopefully, say, okay, Arizona is not – place we want to be going because they're gonna we're going away for life if we if we go down that road so um but i think we got to talk about it more shows like yours that spread the awareness uh the more people that talk the the more they get aware and um you know and and now we got to start worrying about the southern border i mean you know we're we're seeing this happening um with children coming across um, from the cartels and the traffickers and in there this is a another big uh industry for them so um, that's going to be the next tackling we have another bill coming up that we're working on right now to to uh make some changes and some more fixes 
Did you and Eric ever get together and talk? I mean, he's he's been the one in the courtroom, you know, fighting everything and, and actually establishing case law that's really helped out a lot. Have you guys ever talked about putting a bill together and what to include? No, we haven't. And, and you know, that's something, um, Eric, I will get a hold of you um, immediately because we're this bill is starting to get worked on just now. We just had our first meeting um, a couple weeks ago with the AG's office and um, some law enforcement and, and attorneys. And um, so we're kind of just throwing some ideas around, but um, would love to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Let's do that, Leo. Yeah, I think it's important because he's been down that road. He knows what works and what doesn't work and been in and out of a lot of courtrooms. Tell us, tell us about uh, what you're doing with Craigslist, Eric. Yeah, well, we're, Is Eric we're there? suing Craigslist uh, on behalf of a, a girl that was first advertised on Craigslist uh, in their erotic services subsection. She was 12 when she was first uh, advertised for sale by her one of her traffickers. So she was trafficked on off of Craigslist as well as some other sites uh, when she was 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, throughout her teenage years. And... Uh, if you can imagine a 12-year-old child being displayed, uh, you know, semi-nude on a on the ninth largest website in the world uh, for sale, just for sale, and obvious sex trafficking advertisements. I mean, obvious commercial sex of a of a kid, and 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 that's essentially what what happened to her. So we're suing Craigslist for what they did. They're out of that type of business now they they pulled all their what they call personal advertisements uh and massage advertisements and and subsections of that nature when a law that i actually helped write was passed uh in 2018 and that was the foster sesta law so when that that happened craigslist got out of the business and other major sites as well got out of the business but we're seeing that creep back up again. But what we're doing against Craigslist currently is we're going after them for sins that they committed uh, back in the day. And there were all thousands and thousands of uh, you know underage girls and boys sold on Craigslist during that era. And uh, so far they have escaped accountability. And we don't think that's right at all. Who owns Craigslist other than Craig? Who owns Craigslist? <laughs> Well, they're, they're, yeah, the guy is it a, Craig, apparently. Is it a company or is it? It's, it is a corporation, and different entities own different amounts of uh, the stock in that company. And I don't, I don't have the exact answers to that. We haven't finished our discovery on the case yet, so we're finding out who owns them. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Craig Alexander. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hey Eric, quick question on these on these lawsuits, <laughs> lawsuits and court cases. Are you guys is this in federal court or is this in are you doing this in state courts? Well, the Backpage case was a state court case, and we right. pushed it really hard up here in Pierce County and Superior Court, state court. And the big victory we had was uh, they appealed it to our Supreme Court, and we beat them there. So that was that was kind of the beginning of the end for uh, Backpage, if, if you will. Uh, 
the current case against Craigslist is in federal court, and that's it's a different animal because you're dealing with federal laws, and quite bluntly, they're not as strong as many state laws, but they trump all the state laws. And so, in in my mind, a, a lot of our problem with sex trafficking in our country currently has to do with social media, has to do with the internet, and it has to do with federal protection of those websites. Right. And, right. and that needs to stop. That needs to right. stop. I was just going to say, as long as we have that dynamic in place, I don't think efforts at the state level are going to make a lot of difference when you have protection from the feds right. against state agencies and, and state lawyers going in and, and Going after these websites, it's it's just it's it's going to continue to mushroom. Is the problem right? And and, and and that's why I think we need to connect because um, the conversation we had in the last meeting, um, I brought that up about online and um, you know, obviously we have the issue, like I said, with it's being a federal issue um, with interstate commerce laws and whatnot. But the the point I think that we might be able to touch on is if you're a website, whether you're Facebook, Craigslist, Twitter, if you are aware, right, let's say somebody reports a video or an ad that says, look, this person looks like they're 12, this is for sexual purposes, if they ignore it, there should be some kind of criminal charge or consequence at that point in my opinion, right? Because you think about Facebook, there are how many millions of users. It's tough to catch everything. But if they are made aware and then they do nothing about it, I'm wondering if we could do something legally to hold them accountable for that. Well, and, and yeah, real put quickly them on, notice. on that, there's, there, there's, yeah, there's a case that uh, was filed against Twitter where that exact issue was discussed by the court. And you know, some of the charges in that case were allowed to go forward. And so that's great news. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I look at it, I'll take it one other step. I mean, these are big companies making billions and billions of dollars every year. They should right. be aware of what's on their websites, and they should be held, I think, responsible for moderating them effectively. I mean, there is no excuse for advertising a kid for sale on your company's website. Just no excuse for it. I agree. Well, maybe that's something um, you and I can connect on is getting some language um, together um, as a good first step of, of being, look, if these companies are made aware of these ads and they still ignore it, there needs to be some kind of um, consequence involved. And I think at least that puts, like, you know, Sherry, you said that puts them on notice and, hey, we're, we're watching and we're, we're paying attention, and we're not going to sit back and allow this to happen, continue to happen. Um, and then, you know, obviously from that point, we can see if we can move it forward or not at the state level. Yeah, I, I love the idea, Leo. You know, hit them in the pocketbook, and you're dealing with people who make millions of dollars. And if you hit them with fines that are millions of dollars, that might have an impact. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. you know, and this is the tricky part, right, because – um, there was another bill that we, uh, myself and Representative Cobb, who's my seatmate in, in Mojave County, uh, we went after um, Facebook uh, for their um, 
their excuse me, Apple uh, for their money for their um, online market, the Apple Marketplace, Google Marketplace, because what they were doing is they were saying, um, if you're a small company, you have to use our payment processing um, to accept payments, and then we take a 30% cut. But if you're a big company, then you can use Visa, Mastercard, Amex, whatnot. So they were picking and choosing. Um, the monetary stuff. And when we dropped a bill to put an end to that, I mean, they sent like 10 lobbyists to Phoenix whining. And I mean, they, they know, right. I mean, this is how they work. They, they know how much money is at stake. And so this is why it's important that whatever language we come up with needs to be airtight because they will send everything at us uh, the moment that we go down this road. Yeah, yeah and you're right strong, on that. They, they have a lot of money to spend, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, right? right? Cause you, you think you're ground. doing the right thing, and they just um, they don't care. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and say that they don't care about trafficking and, and um, child molestation and whatnot, but, um, I mean, I think, personally, talk about something that will hit the media, um, is if we dropped a bill like this, and then we see how they react. I would love to see them try to try to defeat this bill and see what kind of press they get for doing that. So um, I think it's something we need to do. Absolutely. You, you got know, me. We, I'm, we, I'm all about it. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And, and the one thing I'm going to say real quick, when we went after Backpage, you know, in 2012, when we filed the lawsuit, when we did that and – the case ended up in the Supreme Court of the State of Washington. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which is the, our, our nation's uh, watchdog for missing and exploited kids, it's, it's a major 400-person agency in Washington, D.C., well, they, they filed a friend-of-the-court brief with the Washington State Supreme Court, which said that due to the Internet, in the past five years, they have seen an increase of 1,423% of reports to them of child sex trafficking. It was crazy. Wow. I mean, 1,423% increase in just a five-year period directly due to the Internet. And when you see numbers like that, you've just got to do something about it. I mean, it made it so easy. The Internet made it so easy for kids to get trafficked. I mean, it, the old method of marketing. Not even knowingly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, all of a sudden they're they're just there. I mean, it is it's a night and day difference in terms of making it easy. The internet is an amazing marketing tool. Just look at Amazon. You know, I mean, they've they've yeah. killed shopping Absolutely. malls all across America. You know, right. it's, it's crazy how it works. Likewise, the Internet pretty much killed the track method of marketing where these, you know, the traffickers would make the girls walk up and down the street. I mean, that still happens, but nowhere near the scale that you saw 20 years ago. Uh, and back when that was going on, when a police officer saw the, the children on the street, they would always pull over, stop, hey, kid, get in the back seat. What are you doing out here? They'd, they'd go and, and rescue the kid. I mean, it yeah. was always what what would happen with law enforcement but on the on the internet they can't tell i mean the traffickers disguise the kids they crop the photographs they put them in heavy makeup and lingerie only show certain parts of their bodies that sort of thing 
makes it impossible to identify. They even use, you know, different people, you know, use adults in the ads and the John shows up, there's a, there's a kid and they don't care. Um, and, and so just and all of those care. things, I mean, the, yeah, it's the websites really need to be monitored hard. And, you know, China does it. China does it. There's a lot of countries that make sure that this is regulated. Uh, right. For whatever reasons, America's not one of them, and we invented the Internet. Go think about that, you know. <laughs> right. Well, and, and just to jump in real quick, I will, <laughs> I will get some picture. good news. Um, and that's that we, we did give $2 million to the anti-trafficking like kind of coalition this year in the budget, and these are the guys that I've I've been in the the operations with Sting Operations, and it's a room of eight, nine, ten guys, um, men, women and men and women, and from all different agencies, and um, they are combing through all these websites. I mean, they they show me the technology um, of you know they would go to the dark web, they'd find a photo of a child, and they they have the people now. Um, in this, in these groups, these agencies coming together, and they can find where that photo was taken by just um, their research guys. I mean, their intelligence guys that are just, and they're bringing in people from all over, all these agencies. And they showed me this one photo of this kid, and they took the photo and they figured out uh, the geographic location by the mountains, by the um, the wall that was behind the child's photo, and they were able to pinpoint this kid. I think it took them like 48, 72 hours to find this child, um, and he was somewhere in the Philippines, and um, law enforcement was set out. So there are some good people trying, but you're right. If we don't have cooperation from these websites, um, you know, nothing's going to slow down, and I think that happens once we start putting some penalties down. And like you said, Sherry, financially, once you start hitting their pocketbook, things change very quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we've got an organization yeah. down here, Saturn, who could use some funding so they can get back out there. We used to host classes, smaller, intimate classes for parents so we could educate them on what was going on. Law Matters would host the class, and TPD and uh, Department of Homeland Security would teach the class, and they need funding so we can continue doing that. So if you know anybody who's got money, send it our way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Funding. Absolutely. Okay, I want Absolutely. I want I want you guys to summarize what is going to happen moving forward. I mean, we've had a nice discussion here. What do we need to do as citizens? What do I need to do to help you achieve your goals? Yeah, Leo, yeah go ahead. You can... You're first. Oh, okay. No, I I know for me, I think um, you know the general public needs to keep doing what you're doing. Like Sherry, what you're doing with this radio show is, is huge, right? Because a lot of times you don't, uh, nobody wants to talk about sex trafficking, child molestation, human trafficking. It's a, it's a very sensitive subject and it's an uncomfortable subject. But the more we talk about it, the more awareness that comes out. And this is, this is what we've been talking about, the awareness. People, whether you're that front desk employee at the hotel, um, you're on an airplane, wherever you may be, just recognizing um the reality of human trafficking of somebody being sex trafficked and and I think the more people that are aware the more people that understand what's really going on I think that this is how things change I mean um, HB 2889 I mean it shouldn't have taken this long right I had a victim who was 
uh, along the whole way through this bill. And she told me, she's, you know, she goes, Leo, I, I've been trying to fight for this kind of thing for years. And I've been to meetings and um, events with high dollar people. Um, she gave me names. I'm not going to say them here, but you know, people that have been in that forefront of these organizations that like, oh, we're against trafficking. And so nothing ever gets done. And, and so, you know, it takes people with courage to say enough's enough. And this is, you know, people on this call right now, I mean, you, you're the, exactly the type of people that need to say, it's time to speak up. It, you know, it's time to do something about this. Stand the more people ground. that do that, the faster we, we put an end to this. Absolutely. Eric, what can we do to help you? Wow. <laughs> well, you know, you're doing a wonderful job so far. And, Leo, thanks for the laws that you are passing. Uh, uh, let's for sure get together. Um you know, Sherry, we need to, what, what Leo said, we need to look at it, understand that it's happening. Sex trafficking, including child sex trafficking, is the second largest criminal industry in the United States. The first one is drug trafficking. And I'm talking in terms of money, victims, and human carnage. I mean, it's yeah. drug trafficking, sex trafficking. For drug trafficking, we have the DEA. You know, an entire administration, multi-billion dollar budget, agents with guns and arrest powers, sex trafficking, we have people like us, and that's about it. We have various law enforcement, they're scattered, meaning there's not a central lo- location, a central intelligence agency that's gathering and keeping data on the traffickers, the trafficking rings, the interstate transportation, the corporate entities that are, are you know, providing the infrastructure. We need that, and and that's a federal thing. And right now, the feds just don't care. For whatever reason it is, the uh, powers that be, the politicians in our country, this is something they'll give a little bit of uh, talking to as a whole, but they don't do anything. And just what Leo was saying, they just the political will to push bills through isn't there. Instead, we have... Things like CDA 230, which the corporations use to protect the websites, causing them to be so-called immune. We have judicial interpretations that are insane in my book. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, our country allows sex trafficking to be absolutely prolific. And, you know, we we need to fight it at every single level there is. I think you're absolutely correct, and I think our local agents, we've got a federal agent sitting here, Tammy, who works with Homeland Security. I think they, their hands are kind of tied in a way. It's it's fighting a losing battle, and, and she goes after the sex traffickers. Eric, meet Tammy. Hi, Eric. Nice to meet you. Um, you know what? I think a lot of a lot of people feel that way that there's just not enough resources on it. Yeah. And and HSI Homeland Security Investigations, we really try to get out there and make people aware that this is a priority for us. And our agency, um, we we work not only nationally but internationally in several countries trying to target these traffickers um, that are doing these horrific crimes. So it it is a priority, even even though maybe not. Everyone knows that we're, we're doing things like this event today to get out there and let people know that we are working these cases and we are looking for it. Uh, 
unfortunately, I mean, I think everybody can always use more resources to do yes. a better job. If you, you know, if you have more resources, you can reach more people. Um, right. So, I think that's always a challenge for everyone. But it's it's events like this today where we're getting out and saying, hey, we need to make people aware so that when they identify victims or or traffickers, they're calling. Right. Right. And um, and just to to touch on that, really, and I know Tammy will know this, but you have to remember, in in two years, I think we have the Super Bowl here in Phoenix again in Glendale, and um, we know that that's the top, one of the top, if not the top, events for sex trafficking um, in the country, and uh, and so whatever laws that we put through, whatever awareness, I mean, this is going to need to be a huge push um, before that event happens. So. Absolutely right. Uh, those big events, when they come, it's it's definitely a priority for not only HSI but our partner law enforcement agencies for those uh, big events. And then also throughout the year, we work together to, to conduct operations to hopefully identify the activity that's going on. And those big events definitely draws in more. I think that you've got a large population of buyers, and the traffickers know that. So um, when you look at these cases that are coming through near special events, the traffickers that are running their victims on tracks will go to these locations specifically for these big events. Um, and when well, you're talking about that online advertising, that's that's huge. I mean, that's the way that they can communicate and the buyers can find the victims that they're looking for. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. It's the bottom of the hour. We'll be back in a few. Hopefully, everybody will stay with me. Well, that was fun. (laughs) To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. The Southern Arizona Law Enforcement Foundation, SALIF, will be hosting its third annual Law Enforcement Poker Run on Saturday, October 30th, beginning at the Miranda Police Department headquarters. The Halloween-themed poker run begins at 7.30 in the morning and ends at 2 p.m. with a lunch, music, and raffle prizes. The pre-registration cost is only $25 per driver and $15 per passenger. Cost does increase the day of the event. Please join us as we ride together in support of law enforcement. It's Mark from Law Matters, and I'm asking you to join us in our 1030 campaign. 1030 is code for unnecessary use of radio. Keep our radio show free from unnecessary advertising by visiting lawmatters1030.org and click the 1030 campaign button. Your monthly tax-deductible donation of $10.30 will allow us to broadcast public service announcements instead of advertisements. Visit lawmatters1030.org and sign up today. This is Nathan Chabin, producer for Law Matters. Coming up in 30 seconds, after this spot. The DEA out of business. 
That's right, the Drug Enforcement Agency. If you have an addiction problem or know someone who does, please reach out to lawmatters1030.org and click the DEA tab for more information. Ten seconds. Reaching out is the first step. We have the resources if you have the will. You can beat this demon and help me put the Drug Enforcement Agency out of business. Okay, thank you for staying with us. We're here with Eric Bauer, who is in Tacoma, Washington. We have Arizona Rep. Leo Biasucci, who's someplace in Arizona. (laughs) We have Tammy here from the Department of Homeland Security and Commander Olson from Oral Valley Police Department. And we're talking about sex trafficking awareness, what people need to know and how we need to maybe change some laws, especially the federal laws, and throw more resources at this. I really would like to see Saturn funded again because they were huge in educating teens, going to schools, holding workshops. That would be awesome. If anybody's listening who has some money, let's throw it at Saturn. So tell us about Saturn and what they used to do. So Saturn is the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, and we were grant-funded at one point, and it was much easier to get our work done, both investigations and outreach efforts. Um, But we're still still moving forward. We have a lot of really great partners here in Southern Arizona that uh, provide victim services, long-term and short-term services, and obviously our law enforcement partners. So uh, having that network of people that are ready to go when we have to respond out to calls and have identified a trafficking case, uh, this network, the Saturn network, makes that very, very fluid, and it comes together quickly when we get these cases. Our service providers are already plugged in ahead of time. So um, as far as the casework, it makes it much easier. Now, the outreach... We try to get out there as much as we can into the hospitals, into the hotels. We, we do a lot of effort in getting trainings that are available both online and in person when those are requested. So if anybody out there would like a training at um, their place of employment or maybe even at your church, we can get that arranged and come out uh, so that we can reach as many people as possible. So just look at our Facebook page if you'd like to do a training request through that. And then we also have a website that is under construction right now but once it's up we'll have a place where you can go and submit a training request i think the ras at all the colleges should be trained in this too i think they should have a special training because they're on campus all these students are living on campus they should be trained to recognize what's happening with the people they're they're residents assistants so they should be trained to help Absolutely. We have some representation from uh, the University of Arizona here today with us as well. So I hope folks are checking out what their efforts are. I'm sure that they are getting events and trainings together on campus as well. Um, So I think there is a lot of effort going on that maybe a lot of folks don't know about. So that's an opportunity here at this event where folks can come out and learn who's doing what where and making sure that we're identifying those gaps where if, if someone's not getting educated and not receiving these trainings we can get that taken care of so and if anybody is wondering what they should do today come out to the steam pump ranch farmers market we're here we'll be here until noon and there's a lot of agencies here there's a lot of information and if you want help you want to talk one-on-one with anybody we're here everybody's here to talk to and they're all experts in their fields so 
come on over. We'll be here until noon, not on the radio, but we'll, <laughs> we'll be here until noon to hand out information and to, to meet all of you. So what, Jennifer's not here. Jennifer's gone? No, yep, she's left. She left. Okay, we were going to have TPD here, but she left. And she'll be back later on, I'm sure. But tell us how you work hand-in-hand with the different agencies. So we work regularly. Uh, Jennifer is actually a task force officer with Homeland Security Investigations. So we're already kind of tied at the hip. So you know Leo and Eric are still on the line. Okay. Hi, Leo and Eric. I wasn't sure if you were still there or not, but... Tell us, tell us this, and I want to ask them a question. Okay, so we, we work uh, with all of our local police departments. As I said, uh, Jen is automatically plugged in as a task force officer, so she's kind of catching leads from the TPD side. We're catching leads coming in through the Homeland Security Investigation side and the national hotline. So that's the Polaris national hotline that everybody hears about. Um, when those leads come out, they automatically come to Jen and myself and also our other law enforcement partners in the area. So whoever's jurisdiction it is in, we're all on the same the same distribution list, we all get that same lead, and we can immediately start talking together. So I know um, we've had cases with Oro Valley here um, in the past, too, including one that we're working right now. And it's very easy to know who our, who our POCs are, right? By, by having this partnership through Saturn, we're automatically on the phone with the right person at the right time and can start working together. Leo, how does how do we get education like this, like these events we're doing down here in an organization like Saturn that goes out and teaches or how do we get that to happen all over the state? How do we yeah, get I mean, funding you know, for that? Yeah, that, that's something you uh, come to the legislature with. So you know, kind of like the um, the group I talked about earlier that's um, kind of doing the, the human trafficking all these sting operations and uh, with the different agencies, that is exactly what they did. They they brought us in and we sat through uh, some of their full day um, operations and, and watched what they were doing and how they were doing it. And um, then we decided, hey, you know, this is working and uh, we're going to give them some funding. So uh, that's really how it works. You guys come down to the legislature, you send an appointment with me, and we go over what, what groups uh, you think are, are helping and what they're doing, and we try to convince the legislature to to fund them. So, something we could definitely do uh, for this next coming year. Well, well, that sounds like a road trip, Tammy. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to be at your front door. It's, yeah, no, you know, come on, like I said, come really on in. Something that's an important topic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot like of, said, uh, I, our partner law enforcement. Go ahead. No, she was talking about her partners, and, you know, they need money so they can keep teaching people. And I guess Saturn doesn't have that much money right now because we can't do these classes. Saturn has no money right now. Um, we we have uh, we have resources that are from each agency that they put towards it, but there's nothing backing that. So everything that we were able to do before as far as those those uh, sting operations that we used yeah. to do regularly, that that grant funded overtime for officers. It, it allowed those departments to be able to be out there. Unfortunately, everybody's head on resources right now. Yeah. Every law enforcement department that I know here locally is struggling with, you know, with their own resources. So making that available to them would be huge. It's absolutely huge, and it would certainly help yeah, so, in southern Arizona where a lot of this is going on. 
Absolutely. So yeah, just um, let's just get into contact. We'll we'll make it happen. We'll as soon as we get back into session in January, and we'll see what we can do. So I am 100% on board, and uh, would love to help. Commander. You know, Cherry, in Oral Valley, you know, resources, um, we, we do benefit from some grant funding from HSI. And, and believe it or not, Secret Service, we've, we've been able to train investigators um, uh, with forensic tools, which is a, it is a very technical skill, uh, and it takes a lot of time to learn. But we've, we've received grant funding to help us uh, analyze hard drives, copy hard drives, to uh, surf that dark web when we need to, when we're looking for leads. And most importantly, the training we get from our federal partners like HSI um, and the other federal uh, partners to teach us how to investigate these crimes. You know, just at a local level, we do get tips from NECMEC. Uh, we get calls um, from HSI and, and, and other people when they suspect there's some sex trafficking or human trafficking occurring. So while, yeah, it would be great, it is, we could use more resources, don't get me wrong, uh, there is a... Um, and expertise involved, and uh, we need local agencies to dedicate human resources to learn these tools so we can go out there and, and stop these crimes. Absolutely. So, Eric, are you still with us? Yeah, I am. He's not with us. Oh, you are? No, I'm <laughs> okay. okay. Can you hear me at I, I oh. can hear you. So, oh, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm what do you, you see? <laughs> okay. okay. So, what do you see happening in the federal level, if we can make things happen on the federal level, to change all this and to stop this and to make it a federal crime instead of just having local jurisdictions jump through hoops? Well, boy, it, it. You know, there, there are some efforts going on with, with the Fed. It's just not enough. It's not, not at the top of anyone's radar that I can tell at, at this point. And I think what, what's probably helpful. But who do we contact? You know, your local Congress person, uh, your sets, you know, your senators, the federal politicians is who you contact and those are the people that that need to be incentivized to do something they're the ones that should be able to do something other than squabble with each other you know and uh that seems to take up most of their time hold them accountable uh, yeah they, they need to protect the kids of this country i mean we're talking about protecting children from getting sold into sexual assembly line type slavery is what we're talking about. Now, you know, when I start comparing, I mean, here we have said and it's doing great work and they're totally on a shoestring budget. They have no money. And that is who we rely on to prevent kids from getting sold, to rescue kids that have been sold. I mean, it's, it's agencies like that and that we are absolutely relying on. And, you know, it's kind of crazy that we don't have an overarching federal agency in charge of this this problem. I mean, what offends you worse, selling a kilo of marijuana or selling a kid to be raped? I mean, we have the DEA in charge of drug trafficking, yet who do we have in charge of sex trafficking at the federal level? You know, a, a, a plethora of agencies, and it's all scattershot. 
They're not hooked up into one centralized location or data sharing, and that needs to happen. We need to take this seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, go ahead, Tammy. I was just going to say, I mean, I, look, your, your federal agencies that are working human trafficking cases are HSI and FBI. Um, and, you know, in different different offices, priorities will range from high to low based on everything that we're responsible for, both HSI and FBI. But I will tell you that Homeland Security investigations, for us, human trafficking is a priority within the agency. I mean, we devote in some offices, we have entire groups that that's all that they work. And these guys are working with not only FBI, we do work together with FBI on cases as well, but all of our local partner law enforcement agencies like Oro Valley and Tucson Police Department and the Pima County Sheriff's Department. Um, Everyone that would like to have a full dedicated group can't always have that. But I will tell you, we are responsive to all the calls we get. And when we can be proactive, we are proactive. So it's I don't want anyone to think that um, because we don't have a specific federal agency that only works human trafficking, that it's not being done. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure that, that folks know that we, we are working these crimes. Uh, maybe one day we'll have a federal agency that only works human trafficking. Uh, but right now... That would be good. Yeah. And, and I think... Awesome. I think that's what Eric's talking about. If, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. I think that's kind of where you're going with that. I just want to make sure folks know we are we are prioritizing human trafficking at a high level, and we're going after these traffickers. Yeah, I think yeah, that's exactly and, what Eric's talking about. It is, and, and I know that each individual agency, and for sure each individual agent, it's in their heart, it's in their soul to go and fight for these kids, and, and the bravery and the courage and the dedication of individual agencies is not to be matched. I mean, and I, I and I recognize that, and I applaud everyone that's doing it. But I start looking at problems like, let's just look at Las Vegas real quick. All of a sudden, you have an entire city that celebrates trafficking because, hey, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And guess what? It's right next door to Arizona. And do you think all the victims getting sold in, in Las Vegas come from Las Vegas? Think again. You know, they they come from every state in the United States of America. The pimps bring them into Vegas to be sold, you know, by the hundreds, by the thousands, actually, to, you know, tourists coming in, including tourists from other countries. And, you know, I mean, America has become Vegas is a sex tourism hotspot worldwide. I mean, if you go there, you'll see uh, semis pulling you know, trailers with advertisements of, of three pretty much naked women with little stars over the the discreet spots or whatever that says, hey, girls, direct to your room, call, there's a phone number, and then the language is in Chinese, you know, going up and down the strip, being parking in front of these big casinos. Wow. Well, you know, I've, I've talked to the people in charge, and... Uh, the number one state for importing victims into Las Vegas is California. The number two state is Arizona, you know, the border states. And and so there are children from Arizona getting imported by the traffickers to Vegas to be sold. And, and that's just a fact. And and that's interstate transportation and, and whatnot that needs to be looked at. And not just written off of, oh, it's okay, it's just Las Vegas after all, and whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And by the way, that catchy ad, 
that was uh, paid for by, you know, an actual government agency hired that ad agency to come up with that very clever ad that, you know, is, is so catchy. Yeah, it's crazy. But we need to start looking at things like that. And I think, you know, it's at a level that individual agencies just really can't do. you gotta, you got to really have an overarching authority that comes in and says, now nah, we're not going to allow one city in the United States of America to traffic all these kids. I mean, it's, it just needs to be yeah. hammered, put it that way. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, it's also and if we can, that, we. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I was and if we can get also, um, to the people who need to stop this. <laughs> To stop it, I mean, really stop it. Stop advertising like that. That should be illegal. And, you know, just call us and we'll send a girl to your room. That's that's preposterous. That's And that's happening in Las yeah. Vegas and probably not just Las Vegas. A few well, other areas, it's, it's too. Crazy. You, I want to... You go to Vegas. I don't mean to just hammer on Vegas, but you walk down the sidewalk... There's guys handing out baseball cards with with naked ladies and phone numbers on them. I mean, every hundred feet, there's a guy handing baseball cards to everybody walking by. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. And supposedly, uh, prostitution and sex trafficking is illegal in Las Vegas, but it's certainly not being enforced at all. Yeah, absolutely not being enforced. So let's talk a little bit about some of the apps that parents should be aware of. You know, you've got a, your kids have a telephone and you don't necessarily know what they're doing on those telephones. What are some of the apps that people should be aware of, Tammy? We see a lot in our cases, especially with our juveniles, um, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. I mean, there's a whole list. If you just Google it and you pick up your phone and Google uh, apps to be aware of, apps for parents to be aware of, it's going to pull up a whole string of those those apps that you can look and monitor your kids' phones, especially for those um Take a look at them, know what the passwords are, know what they should have and shouldn't have. We try to do social media awareness classes. I wish Jen was here because um, the Tucson Police Department gets out there and they do really good social media classes. Jen and Frank are both here today, and and unfortunately Jen had to take off, but um, that's what it's all focused on is making sure that parents are aware of what to look for and um, combine with our regular trafficking indicators uh, that we we talk to parents about and behavior changes and um, having items that they wouldn't normally have, things like that, paired with their social media um, applications. And there's, I understand there's a way of programming your child's phone so that it doesn't have access to some of those um, apps that they shouldn't have access to, and a way for a parent to monitor what their, their kids' phones are doing from your own phone. Is that true? Yeah, there are ways to do that. I think there's a special app that you download, and I'm not an expert by by any means. Jen would be the one that would be able to tell you all the information, but there are ways for parents to set controls on their phones, and they can. Uh, there are apps that they can put on their kid's phone that allow them to monitor the activity. So um, it is possible, and I think parents a lot of times aren't aware that that's something that they have. I mean, every kid that I know of has a phone nowadays. Yes. It's become so common. I mean, little guys are, are running around with cell phones, and their hands so there are ways that parents can protect their kids 
uh, and make sure that they're they're not getting into a potential grooming or recruitment situation uh, that are being used by traffickers. Like uh, Serena's um, daughter, she was communicating with somebody on the internet, thought it was somebody her own age, and it turned out to be a 22-year-old who was trafficking her, and it happens so easily. So easy. And, you know, if you can control a little bit on the telephone what your kids have access to, then maybe, you know, that's a step in the right direction to keep your kids safe. And also educate your kids, too. I mean, it's one thing to monitor and make sure that they're not getting into a a grooming-type situation where they're being recruited. But also, you know, talk to your kids. Let them know what the dangers are. I mean, these traffickers, they're really good at recruiting. And they do it um, through not only these applications, but through these uh, video uh, the video game applications that kids are using where they're meeting people that they think might be their own age or might be a friend or could be a boyfriend, and then it turns out that it's actually a trafficker that is very targeted in his recruitment or her recruitment methods through these. And people don't don't think that traffickers or recruiters are just guys because females do a lot of recruiting for the guys. And look at the Jeffrey Epstein situation. Absolutely. Well, it's all about money at some point, right? I mean, that's that's it all comes down to money. So a trafficker could be anyone. And we've seen kids recruiting in schools. Um, they're, you know, their peers, their classmates, they're recruiting them. So it's it really could be anyone. And I think that it's common for us to have cases where uh, we have a trafficker, a lot of times referred to him as a pimp, and that trafficker has a whole a whole group of victims and there's usually one of them that's been with him the longest or her the longest as it may be um who shares that control and becomes a trafficker even though they may have been victimized at one point themselves so um a lot of times we'll we'll encounter that person first who is assisting in that tracking conspiracy and we need to we need to be aware, and that's why I'm hoping we can get some funding for Saturn because they did these classes and it was amazing. People would come in, parents would come in and say, "Oh, my daughter or my son, they'd never do that," only to find out, yeah, they did. And you know, it's it's something parents need to be educated to. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. So I want to I want to thank Leo. I know you have something you have to do today. And yeah, sorry for I your think, loss. You're all right. Um, you know, yeah, just a you know, great uh, citizen of one of my constituents, unfortunately. But um, I appreciate you guys having me on and and making these discussions, and I look forward to connecting and and doing what we need to do with the legislature to to pass more laws to uh, to put an end to this. So I thank all of you for all what you're doing. I'm going to send you and Eric both an email with both yeah, your contact please. information after the show today, after I get home. And so you can work together. And I think having somebody who's been there and, and knows what the stepping stones are and the the huge gaps in our law can help write better laws. And I Absolutely. think Eric is, is amazing, and he's he's been there, done that. So I want to thank both of you for coming on today. Perfect. Thank you. appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Sherry, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. Very much. <laughs> thank you. I will be talking to you after the show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk to you that soon. Good. So. Okay. Looking forward to it. Okay.
Commander, tell us about some of the training. I know you say you have special training and all law enforcement should go through this training, and I know obviously you have special training, Tammy. Is it just a certain group of people, or is it everybody that gets trained this way? Well, it depends. You know, when I talk about IPC, the Interdiction for the Protection of Children program, that's all of our all of our field resources, all of our staff. Uh, anytime uh, we, our field services personnel are working on the street, they're trained in identifying this. But the more advanced skills, the techniques, those are uh, reserved for our criminal investigations units. A lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of competency, competencies have to be proven through this because the dark web is dangerous to you know to, to navigate and and that's not going anywhere. No, it's not. No, and when we talk about you know hard drives and, and copying them and uh, just collecting them in and of itself, or a cell phone to ensure that the bad guy doesn't wipe the data before we're able to analyze it. These are all very technical skills, and they take time, and you've got to have the right individuals to do it. But, you know, we're supported in, in, in Oral Valley through our federal partnerships, as well as, you know, we, we have the Arizona Human, human uh, Trafficking Network that is headed up by the Arizona Department of Public Safety. We're part of that group. Hat tip to the Tucson Police Department. They have an incredible ICAC unit, which is the Internet uh, Crimes Against Children group. We've worked with them in task force operations and some of these uh, sting operations in, in chat rooms and whatnot to catch bad guys doing this. And and, and again, with our, our federal partners at HSI and the FBI, you know, we're all we all could use more help. But but I think we're working very well together to uh, to stop these crimes. And it does take all of us, to be honest with you. I was going to say, I don't think people realize that. You all work together That's when it correct. comes to certain situations, this happening to be one of them. And it, it just takes everybody because everybody has different knowledge and different experience, and it takes all of them coming together to fight this this never-ending battle. It seems like it's a never-ending battle. And you need to keep your kids safe. Know what they're doing. Know what they're doing. And watch their telephones. <laughs> You know, in their Internet activity. I mean, you're sitting here working on the Internet. I can't see what you're doing. Are you being good? I'm doing business. Okay. Yeah. Are checking you being on, Checking emails on a Saturday. But <laughs> Two minutes. You can set those parental controls. They're pretty easy, to be honest with you. You can set them age appropriate. I, I had to do that uh, years ago with, with my son. So it doesn't matter what kind of – I know you poo-pooed my Android phone, <laughs> but it doesn't matter what kind of a phone you have. You can set the, the – Parental controls. controls. Yeah, Verizon particularly has a great parental control app. I have I have Verizon. Oh, there you go. On my Android. <laughs> my Samsung. <laughs> and what else can we tell parents to do to contact? Actually, you should be here. Name some of the agencies that are here right now. We have like one minute left. Uh, okay, so we have, uh, sorry, I'm trying to look at that. <laughs> um, Old Pueblo uh, Community Services here. I've, we have the Southern Arizona, Southern Arizona Against Trafficking uh, group that works down at U of A. We have Pathways. We have Gospel Rescue Mission. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to forget so many of these. I know we have about 20 agencies out here today. So if you have some time today, come to the Steampump Ranch Farmer's Market the market's here, it's open, we're all here, and there's so many people to talk to. There's things to do, things to learn. And don't forget to save the date on the 20th of November. Go to lawmatters1030.org, our event page, and you'll see what's happening at the Wayne's Toys event. Are we okay? Okay. 
I just wanted to make sure we weren't running over time because they will turn our mics off. So I want to thank you, Tammy. I want to thank you, Commander. My pleasure. And thank you, John, in the studio. And have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.